Good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15 as we continue uh, to work through uh, this amazing gospel. Um, I want to remind you of the connection card that's in our bulletin. You can tear that off, uh, fill that out with, uh, if you're a guest, we'd love to know that you're here. We'd love to send you a guest to let you, or send you, not a guest, but send you a, a gift um, to let you know how much we appreciate you being here. Uh, if you have a, anyone here who has a prayer request that the pastors need, to know about a situation going on in your life this week, that's a great way. You fill that out, put in the offering plate uh, later as that comes by uh, at the end of the service. Uh, we'd love for that communication with you. Um, I was out of town Wednesday, but uh, it was great to be texted by the other pastors um, about what was going on. Uh, we had, I think, a record night uh, in our student ministry. Uh, maybe... I'm, Maybe I'm not sure if we hit a record night in Rwanda, but we had a lot of kids. Um, I think uh, with with workers and um, and students and, and various kids being ministered to, uh, there were over 200 people here on Wednesday night, uh, and that's amazing. Uh, that's something to be uh, to be just uh, thankful of God that He's given us the opportunity to minister to these children and these teenagers. I appreciate the work that. Uh, Brother Donnie and and Josh do uh, on those Wednesday night ministries. Uh, God is blessing. I know He's going to bless us this year as we get going. So John chapter 15. Be reading verses uh, 18 and going in a few verses into chapter 16. It says this, Jesus says this to His disciples, If the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things... They will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I do not come and uh, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have been. Uh, they have seen and hated both me and my Father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when the, their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Um, our title this morning is when the world hates you i thought about entitling it haters gonna hate 
but I've come to an age where it's hard for me to keep up with the cool phrases. And is that is that a cool phrase still, kids? Up, thumbs up, teenagers. Look at me. Haters gonna hate. Is that still a thing? Thumbs up, thumbs down. No, no, not see, see. I can't be as hip as I used to at my age. I can't keep up with what's cool. But it is about Jesus is, is teaching his disciples in a moment where again he's. This is a long dialogue about him leaving. And he says, listen, your relationship with the world is not going to be great. It's not always going to be great. The world's going to hate you because it hated me. And so he's just preparing them uh, for that reality. This morning, what I want us to learn is that though the world may hate us, we must, with the help of the Holy Spirit, bear witness to Christ. So I want us to focus in on two questions this morning. The first question we'll be looking at is, why will the world hate us? Why will that world hate us? The second question we'll be answering is, how are we to respond to that hate? First question, why will the world hate us? Well, they will hate us because we are chosen out of the world. That's what he says in verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now John uses this word world in in several different ways throughout his writings. Uh, Sometimes it's just world as in the order of things. Just the the order of life. the, the, The way the world exists. He speaks of world in that sense. He also speaks of world in the sense of you know, the earthly realm, the, the earth, the, the, the globe, and, and all that live and operate on it. He also uses world as the sinful, rebellious realm of man. Just that part of the world that is in rebellion to God, that is not living under the Lordship of Christ, that is not pursuing Christ, that still remains in rebellion to God. And that is obviously what John is referencing here in this instance of world. What Jesus says here is, hey, I've pulled you out of that. I've pulled you out of the world and made you children of God. And we've been chosen, first of all, to be made holy in Christ. We are chosen, uh, and in an instant, We are transformed from sinners destined for damnation to righteous saints in Christ that that know God and will always know God. We've, We've been chosen to that. To be identified in Christ is to receive a hope. To receive a a strong conviction. And to really, if we're going to be saved, we must embrace an exclusivity to Christ that He is the One. And to, to walk with, through life with that kind of certainty, that kind of hope, is not always going to be loved by the world. In a world that is unsure, a world where the truth constantly changes, to be someone who has embraced that kind of constant that Hey, I've, I've, I was in darkness and now I'm in light. To have, I mean, that's what many in the world would call, that's arrogance. When for us, it's just following our faith. 
So the world hates us because we're chosen in Christ. We are, we are identified with a person that they don't like, right? They don't like Christ, and so we are, uh, as people that have been chosen in Christ, I mean, that is our whole identity. Hey, I'm, I'm in Christ. And so we will attract hate for that reason. But we're also chosen to pursue holiness in Christ. Along with that instant holiness that we receive in Christ and, and by which we are going to be saved, we will, that's the holiness by which we'll be saved, the holiness given to us through Christ. There is also a change that's taking place within us, causing us to pursue holiness. And this can certainly put us at odds with a world that's not pursuing holiness. That's not under the Lordship of Christ. When our ultimate purpose is to please Christ above all, that means that we are going to have to let people down in the world. The boss comes to you and and he wants you to fudge the numbers a little bit. Just a little bit. Make it where it's not as bad as it is. Fudge the numbers. You as a Christian have a responsibility to not, you're not just under the authority of your boss, you have a higher authority under the Lordship of Christ. And therefore, you can't. Or at least you shouldn't. And that may put you at odds with your boss. You may be on a business trip and and we're everybody from the office is unwinding and and things are getting flirtatious and it's getting in a place where you probably don't need to be. And then you have to go to your room early, call your wife and kids, go to bed while everybody else is having fun to be the office killjoy doesn't necessarily win you points with people. And yet, we are to remain under the Lordship of Christ. And they're not going to always like that. We have a King that every one of our actions is to yield to. Above what the world wants us to do, what our boss wants us to do, what our spouse, our kids, our friends, our family... Despite what they want us to do, what, 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 what choice that we make that can be good for them, they think we have a person that we have to make a choice about that's above all them, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is going to make, that pursuit of holiness is going to at times put us at odds with a world that's not in pursuit of holiness. They will hate us because they hate Jesus' judgment. Their problem is ultimately not with us, but it is with Christ. We see here ultimately the whole, the, the world's biggest problem is not with us, but, but it is with Christ. Uh, Jesus says something here us. He says in verse 20, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Let's think about this, folks. Jesus was the perfect Son of God. He came into this world 
making wine out of water at parties. I mean, that's not that bad of a thing, right? He came into the world healing people that have been sick all of their lives. That's a pretty likable thing to do. He came into the world, and this is probably what people got hung up on, He came into the world speaking truth that needed to be said. He spoke it in love, but He spoke it directly. So we have a we have the Son of God who never did one, one sin, not one thing wrong. He came into this world working miracles, helping people, telling people to be nice to one another. And yet because of the truth He proclaimed, because their refusal to accept that truth, they butchered him. They butchered him. So what can we, as his imperfect followers, hope to fare? Maybe, just maybe, when, when you choose to follow a man who was crucified, that tells his followers, by the way, before that crucifixion, he tells them, take up your cross and follow me, that maybe, maybe the priority is not going to be our best life now. Maybe we're in for some hard times. Now, ultimately, we know that the sufferings of this world are not worth comparing to what's to come. But it's not always going to go well for the Christian in a world that hates Christ. And they hate, the main reason they hate Jesus is because He exposed their sin and their need. Verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. They, so does this mean that if Jesus hadn't come, everybody would have remained innocent? No, we, we would still be people out there sinning. We'd still be guilty of sin. We would still be guilty of and deserving of, of hell. What Jesus is saying is that you know now, because I've told you, I've come and I've revealed your sin, but not only that, I've revealed the solution to your sin. And it's me. It's my life. It's my death. It's my resurrection. This is the answer you're surprised. So he says, you're without excuse because of your sin because I've provided the solution for you to be out from under the consequences of that sin. He is the solution, but He exposed to them that they needed something. They needed something that they could not do themselves. And they did not respond well to being told that they were needy. 
it will also hate us because they will value a man-made religion over the Gospel. Look over in chapter 6 and verses 2 and 3. He says, They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor Me. So Jesus points to the fact, look guys, to His disciples, it's not going to be a bunch of godless heathens. It's not going to be a bunch of Romans that's your biggest problem. As you advance my message, it's going to be people that are religious. It's going to be people that are religious. I mean, I think we have the perfect example of what Jesus is talking about here in the life of Paul, right? Paul wasn't out there as a, as a godless atheist that, that just wanted to, you know, put an end to people loving and serving God. No, he, he genuinely thought that what he was doing is what his God wanted him to do. He thought he was serving God. He went about persecuting and, and killing Christians, putting them in jail because he thought that they were against God and He was for God. And we see uh, in Paul's writing later, we know what stirred him to such hate of Christianity. It was this. It was that Paul had done everything right. Paul had been trained by all the best religious people. He had climbed the ladder of religious success and he had worked hard to be where he was. And now... You're coming to tell me that that's wrong? You're coming to tell me that it's not about what I do, but it's about the grace of God through this Jesus Christ? He didn't want the Gospel. He would have continued to persecute those preaching the Gospel had Jesus not showed up and blinded Him where He could no longer deny the Gospel. But amazingly, there will be those those religious people who will value self-effort, they will value what they are doing over what Christ has done for them, which is what the Gospel is. They prefer self-glory over grace. And so don't think that, that the opposition will always be those without, that say they're without God, those who think they're actively going against God, but it will be those who think that they're doing the work of God. The Gospel is offensive, folks, to maybe even more so to religious people than to anyone else. And they will hate us for preaching a grace-filled Gospel devoid of human efforts. So those are some of the reasons why the world will hate us. How are we to respond in the face of that hate? Well, first off, we can expect to be hated. It's going to happen. Uh, he, he says, hey, I'm telling you these things at the end there. He says, I'm telling you these things so when it happens, you'll know. So when it happens, you'll, you won't say, well, man, I, I thought everything was going to go great. What's, what's this persecution thing about He says, hey, I'm telling you these things so that when it comes, 
you'll, you'll realize that I, I'm speaking the truth because I'm telling you up front. But Jesus is not here telling them to go and pick a fight. Probably depending on the time and location in which you live, you're going to experience more or less hate from the world. These men were going into the first century about to uproot a religious system with the gospel. There was going to be be a lot of hate thrown their way, probably maybe more so than when in our day when Christianity is fairly established. Geographically, you are going to experience more hate if you're in a Muslim country trying to practice your Christian faith than if you're in Arkansas, right? Or the U.S. I mean, even in the U.S., if Living out your faith in El Dorado, you're probably going to experience less hate than if you were living it out in New York City or Los Angeles. And it may be, it may be at times that living out your faith is accepted by the world, that the world likes that you're living out your faith. I fully believe, as crazy as it is, I believe that Chick-fil-A experiences this. It's a fast food chain that's got good food, but the beauty of Chick-fil-A, right, is they take care of you. They take care of you. They, they're considered of, hey, you got a little bit of time and they're going to respect your time and they're going to Man, let you know, hey, it's our pleasure to serve you. All of that came because of a Christian guy who wanted a fast food chain that operated according to biblical principles of just loving people. Now I realize because he's had opinions that are, are, are biblical, he has attracted some hate, but they're doing okay, right? I think they're doing all right. Call is it here to go out and just pick a fight to pick a fight? Hey, the, Christ said the world's going to hate us, so let's go make the world hate us. In fact, Romans twelve eighteen says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. We are to love God, which means sometimes we're going to be at odds with the world, and we, we just got to take that. We're also to, to love people, to go through life doing our best to love others. Just to be, to be faithful and to be under, under the Lordship of Christ. And sometimes that may mean the world accepts that. It may mean success. Or it may mean that they absolutely hate us and they want to put us to death. Whatever is going on, where we are, it's our calling to continue to pursue Christ. So we, first of all, he just wants them to know, hey, you got to expect it. It's going to happen. In the face of hate, we are to be, be sure we are hated for the right things. Be hated on account of the name of Christ. 
what it says in verse 21. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. So the hate that you are to experience is, is to be to advance Christ. Not to advance a political agenda. Not to advance a moral agenda. Now, now if we are to live under the Lordship of Christ, we are to be heralds of how the world should work according to God's plan. And so at times, there's no way to live as a Christian and not to be about advancing morality that falls under the, the Lordship of Christ. But we must always remember it's about morality that falls under the Lordship of Christ. It's about advancing Him and not things that, because we want people to act a certain way, we need to make sure that it is revealed in the Word as those things that are in obedience to Christ. Not to advance self. Not just supposed to be hated because of your own self-advancement because you want to be a good person. You're, you're to be hated because Christ, because you're advancing Christ's agenda. If we face persecution, may it always be on account of His name. We want to be hated with without legitimate cause. Okay? We want to be hated without legitimate cause. This is how Jesus is hated. It says in verse 25, But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. Jesus' persecution was without cause. Now, people may have thought they had a cause, but it was not a legitimate cause. And so it should be with us that our persecution should never be, never have a legitimate, legitimate cause. Don't be the jerk that operates as a jerk in this world and then cries martyr and persecution when people don't like you. Speaking the, the truth without love, without any humility, without any care for the individual, just going out and blasting people, that's a reason for people to hate you. To be hypocritical. To go and, and to let people know, hey, I stand for Christ. I'm a believer. And then to treat people at your work or your school awful. To be a person that, that gossips. A person that says all kinds of bad things about the boss. Who, who just constantly is undermining everybody in the office. And you're standing for Christ. That's a legitimate reason for the world to hate you. Treating sinners like the plague instead of Man, sick people that are in need of, of the cure that you have. To, 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 to cast and say, I want nothing to do with you, unbeliever. Instead of say, I see your brokenness and I want you to be fixed with Christ. When we're just treating the world like 
We don't want anything to do with them. That's a reason for them to hate us. Folks, the gospel of Jesus Christ is offensive enough. Is offensive enough without us adding our own rotten personality to it. I mean, we are we are going out into the world saying, "Hey, you know what? You're so bad that God had to kill His Son." To make you righteous. To make you good. That's not a a great message. I mean, it is a great message, but it's not a a pleasant message to hear at first. Let's not go out into the world and and be awful. And then, oh, I'm being persecuted. No, you're being persecuted not for Christ, but because you're awful. In the face of hate, we are to rely on the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus says. As he's, you know, again, these disciples' hearts are probably being stirred with fear. Okay, Jesus is leaving. And, I, and now he's telling us that this world that we're in is going to hate us. Jesus says in verse 26, he comforts them. He says, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about Me. Christian, do you, do you live in fear of the world? Despite knowing that, that Christ is to be shared, do you hold Him back because you're scared of the world? Because you just don't, you don't want to be thought of as, I don't know, a religious zealot, whatever. Do you feel that that pull that, okay, I know Christ is to be shared, but man, I have a fear of man, of the people around me. Pray pray, Pray that God would strengthen the Spirit within you. That the Spirit would would help you, that would remove that fear, not only remove that fear, but give you that courage of standing for Christ when it's difficult. And to proclaiming, proclaiming Christ when it's uncomfortable. I think so often our issues in evangelism are because we put no reliance on the Holy Spirit. Let us rely deeply on that Spirit. And, and Christian, know that the world's relationship with Christ, it doesn't ultimately rest on you. You don't have to be Scared of, hey, am I going to be able to save this person? That's not your job. This, you may say, man, this seems like so daunting. The world hates Christ, and I'm supposed to go out and proclaim Christ, proclaim Christ, and 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 cause them to love Christ. No, that is the work again of the Holy Spirit to bear witness in their heart to do for them what the Spirit did for you to take someone who in, is in rebellion to God and to. To, that hated Christ to, to see, see Christ as beautiful and to respond to Christ. It's the Spirit's job. And lastly, in the face of hate, we are to not shrink from bearing witness of Christ. And you also, it says in verse 27, you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Think about this is a, 
a sobering directive, right? Jesus has just spent time telling them, hey, guess what? The world hates me. They hate me. And, and he's really going to show that as what's going about to happen to him as the, they see the world tear Jesus apart, put him on a cross. And Jesus tells them, hey, they, they hate me. Hey, I need you to go out to the world and bear witness about me. Wait, you just said they hate you. And I'm supposed to go out and tell them about you? We must bear witness of Christ no matter the hate that it might bring. Uh, me and a friend of mine, brother, brother Scott, who many of you know, uh, if you've been around Wyatt for longer than, than seven or eight years, uh, we went through a, a streak where for about over a decade, we went to every LSU-Arkansas game. When it was in uh, LSU, of course, we go to Baton Rouge. Uh, it was in back play, played uh, Arkansas, played back in Little Rock back then. And, uh, man, we would just have to go in because obviously I'm an LSU fan. He's a Razor fan. We have to go into these stadiums. No matter if it's home or away, we, we go in wearing our colors. And I remember one particular year, uh, it was a year when LSU was up and, uh, and expected to win. And, uh, and so, as LSU fans are, they were very zealous. And, and with Scott, man, he goes into the stadium wearing his colors, receiving the tiger baits from the crowd. Respect, right? And so we get in and, and the game, and, and sure enough, LSU jumps ahead. And, and they're doing great, and everyone's ridiculing uh, Scott, and I'm ridiculing Scott. Well, as often happens in that game, things begin to turn towards the end. And what was supposed to happen didn't happen because the Razorbacks came back. And everybody got pretty quiet. And then the game... LSU pulls ahead. I mean, I'm sorry, Arkansas pulls ahead. You're going to get an amen there for most of you. Well, it just so happens that though Scott was in an area where there was just no, hardly any Razorback fans around, when Arkansas pulls ahead, a guy in front of us, he unzips his jacket and he, he shows his colors to Scott. I'm a Razorback fan too. Scott wanted to hit him. Because Scott had wore the colors. It doesn't matter if my team is favored. It doesn't matter if they're losing. I'm flying the colors. This dude was playing it safe. I got my shirt on just in case we start winning. Then I can make myself known. Folks, we have to fly the colors of Christ. No matter if the team's winning no matter if it's to our advantage, no matter if it's safe or dangerous, we are called to always bear witness of Christ. Amen? Folks, I, don't, I feel like we're in a culture that's changing. I feel like in our lifetime it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder than it's ever been 
to stand for Christ. Sometimes just holding uh, biblical principles that we've always held, it's going to put us being called bigots. It's going to be put us being called heartless. And yet our calling is to raise the banner of Christ and to live our lives under the Lordship no matter if the team's winning or the team's not winning. So, though the world may hate us, we must with the help of the Holy Spirit bear witness of Christ. The culture of the world is ever shifting. A place comfortable for Christians one day may not be comfortable the next if they hated our lord who did everything right they're going to hate us when so often we do get it wrong but our calling with the help of the holy spirit is to continue to bear witness to christ take heart christian your lord has overcome the world. So bear witness to Him to that world. I'm going to ask you to please stand as our musicians come. Have you been a coward? Have you been shrinking from the hate of the world? Have you been shrinking from living for Christ or declaring Christ? I would encourage you to repent of that, to, to make some changes in your life, to, to pray to God during this time as we uh, sing to Him. And as always, if you are here and you don't know Christ, that you've never been brought out of the world, I would encourage you to do so before it's too late. I'd love to talk to you about it. There are people around you that would love to talk to you about that. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, help us to live for You in a world that oftentimes will not like it. God, we are so tempted with fear and discouragement. God, help us to be invigorated by Your Spirit. Help us to rely on Your Spirit. I pray that you would do things in in our hearts this morning that embolden us this week. As we go out into a world that, though they hate us, though they hate Christ, they need Christ desperately. Move in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.